to thank everyone for listening and downloading to uh, last week's episode. Uh, I really appreciate the support. I also got some great feedback, which I'll definitely incorporate into future episodes. And of course, thank you for being patient with all this, you know, while I get my rhythm going. Um, which brings me to, you know, what today's episode is about. You know, what what is all of this? Uh, so the, there's a term called intactivism. So that's, that's, a, that's a human rights movement where uh, uh, the idea that everyone's entitled to grow up and do whatever they want with their genitals. So I guess the official term is genital autonomy and genital integrity, which falls under the uh, principle of bodily autonomy and integrity. But anyways, that's that's what intactivism is. Uh, so this, this relates to any number of uh, genital uh, procedures and surgeries, uh, whether they're in a medical or ritual or just aesthetic context. Uh, The main idea is to uh, restrict those types of procedures to consenting individuals uh, for any number of reasons. Uh, Obviously, the the concerns about uh, the health and there's also concerns about bodily autonomy. That's that's something you know people are steadily recognizing that it's it's important to respect. I mean, I, I, put, I often put it like this. Uh, my basic philosophy is: if it will be wrong to do to a thirty-year-old, then without their consent, then it's wrong to do in any of the previous 29 years of that person's life. So you could, you could say that for anything. I mean, there's orchiectomy, which is a procedure where someone has to remove one of their testicles. Yeah, I mean, it's logical if they have an accident or they have testicular cancer, but if you use that as a justification to uh, cut a he- healthy infant's testicle, that's that's problematic. But anyways, we could I could talk for hours about that shit, but beyond that. Um, yeah, so where was I getting? Uh, so the issue of intactivism. Um, now, how, how did I get started on this subject or project? Uh, where was my radicalization phase? 
I think, uh, I would say maybe about five years ago, uh, you always see this uh, debate on online forums and things like that. I never really paid attention uh, per se to what was being said, but eventually I, yeah, I started to read some of the literature and some of the information that was being shared about the subject. And it's, it just kind of dawned on me, you know, just, uh, just started to question like, okay, what, what is, what really is the point of, uh, I, I should, uh, it should be clear about the context. So I'm in the United States, so, and I am a male who has been circumcised. Uh, so the, I, I, I approach the subject primarily from that standpoint, but uh, and it's, uh, back to what I was saying. Uh, so yeah, I researched the subject and there's a lot of uh, sort of inconsistencies and uh, hypocrisy regarding the issue, especially when it comes to laws concerning uh, female genital cutting or uh, intersex genital cutting, which is which is uh, which is legal. That's that's unfortunate. Um, definitely needs to change. Although well, we'll talk about that subject in later episodes. Um, so uh, as far as my involvement, that's that's kind of where. It, things kicked off and I think about I think about two years ago I came across a, a series of threads from a, a brilliant bioethicist uh, Brian Earp uh, he does a lot of important work on the subject uh, I think uh, he recently came out with a new article about uh, basically relating the circumcision project in Africa is this new Tuskegee. So that would definitely be something to check out. And uh, yeah, I'd definitely like to analyze that more in a later episode. But yeah, so I, I came across uh, Brian Earp thread and in it, he it really kind of analyzed and critiqued uh, some of the, I guess, uh, scientific, uh, scientific articles and other, uh, the systematic reviews. So, so often in this subject, uh, someone will link a systematic review. And it was interesting how he broke it down. Uh, I mean, basically, if someone has a bias, they're going to get whatever articles that support their bias. Or even if they don't have a lot of articles in their favor, they can just arbitrarily assign some random values to it. So it's, it's really not as objective as 
people would imagine that they are. It's not like, you know, people are, <laughs> people have like a centrifuge that they're spinning up foreskins in and making these determinations. I've, I mean, a lot, in a lot of cases, it's just shoddy methodology and poor research, but I mean, in my, in my own crude way, that's basically my summary of what Earp uh, laid out. But the way he did it was just like so, it was in such a intellectual and intelligent fashion that I just, I was just inspired. I put it, I put it lightly, just inspired to join the conversation. So I, I saw it on Twitter and so then I developed, developed the persona that some of you might know as the quill monger. It's a writing play on words and from the character from Black Panther, Eric Killmonger. So that, that's how I got started on Twitter. Uh, somebody just call that what I do on Twitter is glorified trolling which they're correct but uh but yeah it's uh it's definitely been a journey um uh just getting to meet a lot of great people and trade ideas and uh really interact and engage with people uh pretty much all over the world uh, you'd be surprised how many people really do talk about the subject on Twitter. But yeah, so that's how that's how it got started on there. Um, I think about, I want to say maybe then the first few months, uh, I decided to use my own my own picture, my own uh, photo as a as a profile picture. Uh, I got tired of all the by accusations. So I, th I think when, let's say, I actually see this actual person behind the account, it's just kind of, that, that takes away one of the, one of the attacks. But uh, I would say the first thing I noticed in, when using my own picture was there was a definite decrease in the amount of bot accusations, obviously, but this uh, some some of the more crude comments about my genitals and their hygiene those went down a bit. Uh, although uh, I just got one today. Uh, what did it say? <laughs> All right, you got a dirty dick, huh? With that pullback, face with tears of joy, face with tears of joy, or smiling face emoji. I don't know why it got listed as that, but anyways, so that's that's what I deal with. Um, now, as far as why Twitter or what my approach is. Uh, 
I think it's, I mean, a lot of people call it the digital forum, like uh, classical Europe or any other culture where, you know, things would get hashed out in the town square, issues, uh, grand debates. So there's, there's like a digital extension of that. Uh, just in terms of like how I, how I do things, uh, it, it wasn't just a matter of, I could just get on and yell, yell at the screen, basically type in all caps. Ah, you suck. You're a terrible parent, blah, blah, blah. But to me, that's uh, not, you know, it just, it, it would do a disservice to, you know, what, what am I trying to do with this? Am I trying to change perceptions, attitudes, and inform people? Or is this just for my own therapy? Which, I mean, I don't knock people for that, but, you know, in terms of what I want to do, what I want to change that, that doesn't do much for me. It wouldn't feel good for me. So that's, that's why I adopt a sort of trial lawyer, trial lawyer approach uh, where, you know, I really want people to question, you know, question a lot of the held assumptions about uh, the whole, the whole, the whole issue. Because a lot of this stuff is just things, you know, people really didn't research. I mean, take myself for existence. It was just some things we just heard and just took for granted, like, uh, Embarrassingly enough, I thought I used to think that it actually did add provide some protection for HIV, which led to a rather embarrassing situation. But you know, just things like that where whereas I was never exposed to the actual the actual studies which the which that claim comes from you know and even if you look at that claim it's not even yeah it's not even that impressive uh people say oh it's like it's 60 percent effective in reducing hiv well how would you really qu quantify that you know, if, if, if a man doesn't use a condom is he's like, oh yeah, I'm, at least I'm 60% less likely to catch it now. But it was, it was just a silly, no, excuse me. Yeah, it was just a silly, silly reasoning, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll try to keep things, uh, Keep things on topic, keep things uh, 
on the subject as far as uh, what all of this means and where I'm going with it. Um, but yeah, my approach is the trial lawyer. You know, I want people to question where where they got the information and if it's even applicable to babies. I mean, and there's a lot of there's a lot of philosophy on that. Uh, but ultimately, this is about bodily autonomy, and even even if it's from a medical standpoint, we have to we have to really consider: is this something an otherwise healthy adult would choose for themselves, or if it happened to someone in a coma, would they be mad about it? Yeah, I mean, if someone in a coma has like a they need to get amputated. I think they'll they'll be pissed, but it's not like they really had much of a choice if it was like an infection going on or sepsis or that type of thing. But if you amputated their foot just to treat some athlete's foot, uh, yeah, that that would be grounds for malpractice. Um, but. Well, yeah, in terms of like questioning people, that's that's really where I'm at with it. Uh, they, they say debate is a is a debate is a spectator sport. So I'm not just I'm not just debating the individual. I'm, I ask I ask certain questions so whoever's seeing the thread online they they themselves ask this question you know i don't i don't just engage people for engagement's sake it's it's about change um but uh to circle back and really examine what what i want to what I want to see happen, what I want to see changed. Uh, I mean, intactivism is a it's a, it's a grassroots effort uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, the United States is a for-profit healthcare system, so it's really not in their interest to restrict things like intersex intersex, uh, quote unquote, corrective surgery or things like circumcision. Uh, I mean, these are things that most healthy adults would refuse. So that's already a huge chunk out of budgets and forecasts, but that's a different subject. Um, you know, what I want to see change is you know and inspire people to really think and really analyze the this whole this whole situation i mean this is 2020 surely we have to have some better method of dealing with or treating or preventing whatever 
ailments, circumcision claims to prevent. I, I mean, that's, that's just my humble opinion. Um, you know, I, I sometimes ask people, okay, say, say the cure for HIV comes out, uh, then, then what's, is that really a logical thing to cut your child for that reason? I mean, is your child even having unprotected sex for that to be an urgent reason? But, you know, I digress. Uh, so that's, 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 that's my philosophy on this whole issue. Um, You know, why do I care? That's a common, uh, that's a common uh, way of shutting down debate. You know, why do you care about children's genitals? But, you know, it's, it's, it's a deflection, it's a distraction. Ultimately, it's about, you know, it's about empathy. You know, you, we should care about what happens to society's most vulnerable members. And, you know, the, these surgeries, they, they're not without complication. I mean, the surgery, what happens itself is a complication. That's loss of functional anatomy. I mean, you wouldn't say, oh, we can cut off this baby's eyelid and he'll, he'll live. You know, no infections, but you're removing functional anatomy. But the issue, of course, is people don't think the prep use has function. So that's 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 the that's the goal moving forward, just to establish that. Yes, children have bodily autonomy, and even if even if this anatomy didn't have function, it's it's still a violation that it shouldn't be tolerated, no matter the gender or age of whoever is happening to. And certainly, insurance companies shouldn't be able to bill for it or do whatever else they do with it. Um, but yeah, I think, I've, I think I've said enough so far. Um, in terms, uh, you know, I definitely want this to be inspiring, not just to intactivists, but also potential intactivists or people who care about human rights or uh, just the subject of respecting children's boundaries and respecting their autonomy and bodily integrity. So I hope, I hope this, I hope I, I'm not, I'm not going to tailor myself just uh, for one specific audience, but I hope whoever listens to this, uh, 
will definitely be inspired or encouraged to uh, support the movement. Anyways, that's, uh, I think I've said enough. Uh, I thank you all for tuning in once again. And uh, we'll, uh, you'll be hearing from me uh, soon enough. All right.